Hello, everyone, and welcome to ASCP's podcast, Inside the Lab, where we discuss anything and everything that concerns today's laboratory professionals and pathologists. My name is Dr. Dan Milner, and I'm the Chief Medical Officer of ASCP, and I'm your host for today. Today, we're going to be listening to some voices from the ASCP membership in response to a few questions that we recently posed. But first, I need to get a little housekeeping out of the way. CME, CMLE will be available for listening to this podcast in the ASCP store. The American Society for Clinical Pathology is accredited by the Accreditation Council for Continuing medical education to provide continuing medical education for physicians. ASCP designates this enduring material for a maximum of one AMA PRA category one credit. Physicians should claim credit only commensurate with the extent of their participation in the activity. So let's get right into these questions. The first question, ASCP's membership is majority laboratory professionals. In the next five to 10 years, what would you like to see that would most impact the lives and work of laboratory professionals? Hi, I'm Aaron Odegaard. I am a lab quality coordinator at Baptist Health in Jacksonville, Florida. What I hope to see in the laboratory in the next five to 10 years is more interprofessional relationships and communication, not only for the benefit of our patients, but also just for lab professionals as a whole, understanding what each other do from case to case, but also being more part of each other's lives, um, having lunch together, getting cake, just um, being that true, stronger together team. Hi, my name is Catherine Golab. I'm the ASCP Social Media Committee Vice Chair and Level 2 Medical Laboratory Scientist at Freighter in the Medical College of Wisconsin, Wisconsin Diagnostic Laboratories. Over the next five to 10 years, I would like to see ASCP advocate more for wages and visibility for the laboratory. The more visible we are, the more resources that we can get and the better we can serve our patients. Tiffany Channer, Assistant Administrative Lab Director and Quality Manager at White Plains Hospital in White Plains, New York. In the next five to 10 years, I'd love to see laboratory professionals being a household name. Everyone respects and regards a doctor or a nurse. I want the same respect and regard for a clinical laboratory scientist or a histotechnician or a phlebotomist. We as lab professionals bring so much to the medical field and aren't given that recognition. In order to do so, we as lab professionals need to put ourselves out there. So visibility is very important. Going to different podcasts, whether in the field and outside the field, making sure that nationally we are recognized in different aspects. That is also a way to make sure that our field is being notarized. We need to do more as a profession to ensure that this is carried out. Well, those were certainly exciting and insightful answers from our members. Take each one of these and, and think about them in a little bit more detail with regards to what ASCP has done, could do, and plans to do over the next five to 10 years. With regard to interprofessional relationships, you know, ASCP is the only organization for laboratories that includes the entire lab, phlebotomists, laboratory professionals, pathologists, lab directors, et cetera. If there's any organization that can create intraprofessional communication, intraprofessional activities or interactions, it would be ASCP. And so how to do that, how to foster that at individual laboratories or even at a higher level, the community level, the regional level, even at a national level, um, is something to be discussed. It's, it's something where we would really love to hear more from our members for you to tell us what you've done that works. Uh, you know, how do you encourage people to have lunch together? How do you encourage 
interdisciplinary discussions and activities that aren't necessarily patient-based that create an opportunity for networking with your peers in the medical community or within the laboratory so that you see each other's value and you create those value relationships uh, moving forward. We would love to hear more about, as I said, things that have worked, things that haven't worked, or ideas that you have on how we could increase um, interprofessional uh, interactions um, as a national organization, what we could do if there are funding opportunities, if there are engagement opportunities, et cetera, please don't hesitate to reach out and think about that because we would love to move that forward. I think workforce and wages is a major, major challenge for everyone. You know, ASCP has done the wage and vacancy survey for many years. There's linear lateral ongoing data about the decrease and the challenges with regard to workforce and, and vacancy and wages. But I think that we are at a turning point. There are new programs that have been introduced in the last couple of years, like career ambassadors and and pathology ambassadors to encourage individuals to go into the workforce, hopefully increasing the number of laboratory professionals that are there. This year, the Society for Black Pathologists was formed, which has one of its goals to increase the number of Black pathologists and laboratory professionals in the workforce by advocating for and with them and reaching out and providing more access to resources that people need in order to find those pathways and navigate their way to that right career path. The ASCP Advocacy Office, uh, based in D.C., has multiple activities that are being, that are going to see coming out uh, in the next couple of months, some focused on DE&I, but moreover focused on how do we improve workforce? What can we do to really get on the ground and increase the the number of people that are out there and demonstrate the value of those that are already out there to increase those wages. So more to come in this area. I think lots of really exciting advocacy work is being done for workforce and wages. And just keep following the ASCP policy office through our ePolicy News, our ASCP newsletter um, on policy, and you will hopefully see the fruits of a lot of people's laborers in trying to improve this situation, uh, which has been a challenge for for many years and continues to be one. And then with regard to visibility, um, you know, when the ASCP Foundation was founded several years ago, one of the pillars of that, the, the three pillars are global health, scholarship, and visibility for specifically that purpose that Tiffany spoke about, which is that the lab needs more visibility. We needed people to know who we were before the COVID pandemic happened. The COVID pandemic has happened and Now that people know who we are in that regard, maybe it's not positive, maybe it's more of a negative image. Maybe people don't understand still what what the laboratory goes through or the challenges that COVID presented to us that we dealt with um, as a team successfully. So I think I agree 100% more visibility is needed. Um, Exactly how to obtain that is, is not always clear. And so again, we look to you as our membership to say, you know, where are things where you know your medical local medical community highly regards your laboratory? And why is that? What's that situation? What are those case studies? You know, why is there visibility in your local context, but not necessarily nationally? And if you have ideas about how we could increase that visibility locally or regionally or nationally, um, we would love to hear them. And I think moreover, we would love to be the actionable nidus to get those things going, to help you figure out in your local context, what can make you more visible and give you the tools and resources um, to be able to do that. Let's move on to the second question. 
One of the pillars of ASCP's mission is improving the laboratory workforce. In your experience, what do you love about working in the laboratory that you think everyone should know because it makes it the best job in the world? So for this question, let's actually first hear from Rex Femantingo, who is a longtime friend and huge ASCP supporter and has taught for us um, in many places. So I'm really excited to hear what he has to say about this. My love of science, solving medical mysteries that the naked eye could never see, and caring for patients at the same time made me interested in laboratory medicine. What I love about being a medical laboratory scientist is being a part of the healthcare team providing precise diagnostic information that help answer many life and death healthcare decisions. My name is Tywana Wilson from Cincinnati, Ohio, currently serving as the System Chemistry Director for CompuNet Clinical Laboratories in Dayton, Ohio. And one of the things that I love about being a medical laboratory professional that I think you should know is that we are such a viable member of the healthcare team. We definitely impact all of the outcomes that go through our hospitals and our communities. We have that impact even though we're behind the scenes, we truly make a difference. And if it wasn't for the medical laboratory professional team, I know that it's us that really make that difference. And so that's what I love about it and I think others should know as well. Hi, my name is Taylor Johnson and I'm an LIS analyst from Abilene, Texas. Um, I work at Hendrick Health System. And one thing I think that others need to know about the lab profession is that you're always learning something new. That's my absolute favorite thing. And I love, you get to play detective and I love doing that. Hi, my name is Gina Capone. I work in Toledo, Ohio. I am a histotech. I help pathologists diagnose cancers through tissue processing and tissue staining. Hi, I'm Dana Powell Baker out of Kansas City, Kansas. I am an assistant professor at the University of Kansas Medical Center in the Department of Clinical Laboratory Sciences. And so what do I love about being a laboratory professional that people should know about is people don't realize that most of the medical decisions are based off of the data that we generate. So about 70 to 80 percent of medical decisions. So that's a lot of them requires knowing laboratory results to help save patient lives and not just save them, but that ongoing care, that ongoing treatment, monitoring, disease prevention really all stems from the laboratory results that we generate so people don't realize how impactful and how important critical and I would say essential we are to the overall healthcare picture of our patients so we are patient advocates. Hi I'm Susan Karki third year pathology resident from Danbury Hospital Connecticut and the most important like most the entertaining thing about pathology is for me is the mo molecular and the microscopic images of the tissue from the body it uh, really excites me and the important thing i think people should know about pathology or lab professional is that we are the uh, people behind the curtain who works very hard for community or people healthcare well, that was a super fun spin on why the lab is so exciting. And I couldn't agree more with our members and their voices. And I really think, you know, the comments that were made about why the lab is exciting really have to be taken to heart. We, we are the, you know, the doctor's doctors. We're the, we're the ancillary supports, ancillary support. We are the people who make the, the treatment decisions for, as it was stated, more than 70% of patients. And I think this, this is a really important concept for those of you who are considering the lab or are members of the lab trying to inspire other people to be part of the lab is that, you know, the laboratory 
plays such a vital role in the care of our patients. It's, it requires hundreds and hundreds of individuals to run a laboratory infrastructure at a given hospital, for example. And those people may never be seen by those patients yet. If they weren't there, none of those patients would survive. And, you know, going back to the comments about visibility, et cetera, I think that's really important for the public. But I think for those of you who might be listening to this podcast who are considering a career in pathology or laboratory medicine or, or in the laboratory in any capacity, you know, you should know that it's a very rewarding career. It's a very exciting career. There are problems every day that you have to solve. There are tools and tricks and skills that you have to use on a daily basis that keep your mind sharp and, you know, to keep the quality up for patients, et cetera. And I, and I think that that's, you know, that's the passion that you have to find. If you have that passion for, you know, precision and, and helping people and supporting and being part of, you know, a, a system that improves people's lives, then the laboratory may in fact be the place for you. And so I would strongly encourage you um, to check it out and, and look for opportunities to access uh, pathways to, to look for a career in pathology and in the laboratory. Let's move on to the question. Personal wellness and burnout have come to the forefront with COVID-19. What can we do to stay healthy, positive, and in control of a balanced life? Hi, I'm Pariyal Fatima, living in Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm currently a pathology residency applicant for the Match Cycle 2022. Regarding this burnout situation, I would say that this pandemic was a really tough time for all of us but our physician our staff our teams they really did very best they were on the front line to help all of our community so i think that there are few things uh, they can uh, help which can help them to control their stress to resolve their burnout situation so first step will be that uh, do some exercise do some yoga and meditation as i'm doing for myself as well and they are really helpful the other thing is spend time with your family go out but follow the precautions wear mask use sanitizer and have a six feet difference and distance and secondly do vaccination thank you yeah i'm george i'm uh, from stanford i'm a hempass fellow so I think to stay healthy at this time, the most important thing is uh, get fully vaccinated. And then like have uh, enough rest, like during weekend, take some time off, go outside, do some hiking or do some biking, do anything fun. And then like uh, keep your own pace, don't work too hard. I think that will work for me at least. Thank you. Hi, my name is Alec Kawam. I'm a fourth year resident from New York. And as far as staying well in a post-COVID world, I think that the most important thing is to empower the individual to pursue their personal wellness. And different people have different needs when it comes to their wellness. I think one very uh, essential part of wellness is that institutions need to recognize that they need to empower individuals, whether that be through more time off, a four-day work week, basically redesigning the way that we work in order to empower individuals so that they can seek their emotional, spiritual, physical wellness. All these things I think are going to contribute, you know, as, as an industry, we can all work together to kind of make that work. And I really hope that um, one day we can advocate for things like a four-day work week within healthcare um, in order to establish um, a moving forward, as that is our challenge today. Sustainability in terms of wellness is uh, today's challenge. Uh, my name is Joseph Parra. I 
am a fourth year medical student at St. George University School of Medicine, born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, one thing I think could help, especially during this COVID pandemic and people being overworked and you know stressed out is that people of all levels, upper level, lower level, should like kind of have recognized, you know, that people are tired, people are burnt out, communicate that well and kind of give people breaks. You know, I said that we're not robots. You know, we're not meant to work 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We need breaks and we need mental check-ins and we need to understand, okay, someone's tired, someone's burnt out, someone's getting uh, anxious. How about we say, okay, you can work three days here, take the next two days off, or you work five days, let's, how about you take next week off? Also, I said that, you know, I think a lot of it is that we're understaffed. There's this COVID pandemic is, you know, taking a lot out of us and there's so much for us to do and there's not enough staff to do it. So just bringing awareness to, you know, the field, laboratory testing, so that way more jobs can be filled. So that way you can take the stress off the people that are actually working there. Well, I'm going to take some of that advice to heart. Really important concepts, wellness and and well-being and life balance. I, I think prior to COVID, you know, in a given laboratory situation, you might find yourself overworked. Uh, I remember when I was in training, the resident work hours, actually after I was in training, the resident work hours kicked in where residents could only work so many hours a week, but that number was still like 80. You know, 80 hours a week is a lot uh, when the normal work week is 40 for most people. You know, we're allowed to work twice as much as that um, in training. And when you're a faculty member or, or a pathologist, you know, you're, you're allowed to work as much as you want. There's no limitation on that. And so I think prior to this pandemic, burnout and wellness were major issues. You know, suicide rates are very high. Divorce rates are very high. You know, the challenges that we have in keeping ourselves focused and our personal health and well-being in line um, are sometimes pale in comparison to some of the challenges we have with our work or our job or our family or what we're trying to do. But the pandemic has certainly brought all of this to the forefront to say, look, people are already on the edge already really stressed, already working really hard, and now they're being asked for even more. And and people do experience burnout and they are, their health is failing them in some cases. Or worse, they got sick with COVID. And then that was like the worst possible thing that could have happened because they can't work and they're in the lab. And so now that lab work isn't getting done, but they're quarantined and they can't really do anything else and um, maybe have to be away from family or friends. And it, it, it was really a stressful time. So I love these ideas uh, that were expressed about wellness and burnout. I think exercise is very important, even just standing up. You know, we're all working in front of a computer almost all day long now doing remote working. If we haven't gotten back to the, the office yet, but then there are those of you that work in the lab that sit at a bench for a lot of the day. And I think it's really important even just to stand up every hour for a minute or two, just to walk around and get your circulation going. Um, exercise, you know, 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes at least three or four times a week um, is really good for you. It doesn't have to be a major project. It can just be walking. You know, you can find a nice walking route in your hospital and, and walk that route, you know, before or after your lunch and get in 20 minutes of of walking that, you know, you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Um, I think sleep wasn't mentioned, I don't think, by these voices, but sleep is certainly important. Uh, very hard to get eight hours of sleep unless you really focus on it and try to make sure you do it. And when we lay down in bed at night and our brain is reeling with all the things we've been thinking about and all the things we're worried about, I think it's really important for people to consider exercises like mindfulness exercises, where we clear our brain of all those negative thoughts and energies 
um, we really have a clear, complete head and, and pair that with deep breathing and you will fall right to sleep. It's one of the tricks I've been using for years and I strongly encourage people to do that. But most importantly, I think someone mentioned spending time with friends and family. That was hard to do during the pandemic. We can do that now. And I think we have to not take that for granted and make sure that we do spend as much time with our friends and family as possible um, so that we do keep our well-being and our and our health in focus. One add-on question I think I want to ask before we move on, because we did have, you know, we do have a lot going on with COVID. And I think ASCP has tried, along with many other lab organizations, to be a force for change with COVID, a force, an agent of change to try to make sure that you know, everything that is happening in the world with COVID through the laboratory and outside the laboratory and vaccination, et cetera, is, is clear, it's available, it's accessible to people. So the question I have is what more could we be doing with regard to COVID-19 and, and potentially the next pandemic? Like what more could we do to make, make this better for our membership and our patients? This is Gail Brunson, and I'm from Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm a histotechnologist three. And let's see, I work at Keras Diagnostics, and I think what make, would make it easier with the COVID is the, a more consistent information. People are skeptical because they're getting all these different things from different places, and they're not real sure what you know, what to do or what not to do. So I think more consistency on the information that's passed out would make a better, and people would be more willing to go along with it. Well, I certainly can't disagree with that answer. Information has been a huge challenge for us in the last 18 months. Um, And us, I mean, all of us, I don't just mean ASCP, I mean, everyone. Disinformation, social media proclivities for espousing false information. You know, if one person says something, the old adage was, if you know, if you hear something once, it's, you know, it could be false. If you hear something 10 times, it starts to sound like it's true. Well, if you hear something a million times on the internet, amplified by social media, you just assume it's true. Why would you question it? Especially if people that are sharing it are your friends or colleagues that, that you may have heard other things from that you definitely knew were true. But that isn't necessarily the case. The, the ability for disinformation to propagate um, in our society today is is a big challenge. And, and the COVID pandemic was a huge example of why that's bad because of all the disinformation that was out there. I think, you know, ASCP as an organization is based on science, knowledge, patient-centered, best evidence, et cetera. And so if you are concerned about a medical issue or you have questions about something that's happening and you go to ASCP's website and we don't have an answer for you, then you should reach out to us directly and say, hey, what is ASCP's take on this topic? Because I want to know from a vetted, solid source that's only going to use the best evidence and the actual data to formulate an opinion or even formulate a factual series of statements. And and then we'll give you that answer. I think that that's really crucial. We have maintained a COVID-19 information page since the beginning of the pandemic. It's updated frequently. It still is updated frequently. And it is the best source of information for laboratories and laboratory professionals because it's 100% vetted to be accurate, um, to be aligned with national, local, and regional policies, and to be the most important and the most cutting edge information that's available on that topic. And again, I would love to say thank you so much personally to all of our members who participated today to provide us with their thoughts on the response to these questions. Um, And as always, if you are interested in the podcast, 
please use your favorite podcast aggregator to join and listen in, and please tell your friends about it. And as a reminder, you can claim uh, one CME credit or CMLE credit uh, in the ASCP store. Uh, and please join us for our next podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs>